0: Today, we're diving into a topic that affects us all difficult conversations. But hold on tight because we'll be looking at the reality of how these conversations often go and what you can do to help them turn out better for you. Get ready to equip yourself with three very practical tips to navigate these tough talks in a way that protects your emotional well being. Stay tuned! This is Broken to Blessed, a podcast for women survivors of childhood sexual abuse. I am your host, Michelle Hall. I am a certified Christian life coach, and I am also a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And for many years, I felt broken because of that experience. But thank God for his blessings. He pulled me out of brokenness and into blessings. Hence the name of the podcast. And I want the same for you. Healing is possible if you're willing to do the work. Let's get started. Hello, esteemed ones. We are talking about having difficult conversations. Have you ever had to have a difficult conversation with someone? and you just didn't know how to get the conversation started. Perhaps you were concerned about how that person would react to whatever it is you needed to talk about. These conversations come easy for some, but for most, it is a difficult thing to do. We're often not equipped on how to approach a difficult conversation. Our emotions play a huge factor when it comes to this. We may also not approach whoever we need to have the conversation with at the best time. But there are ways that you can have these conversations and prepare for them in advance if you have difficulty getting started with them. Difficult conversations can be about anything, and you may need to have them with a variety of people, such as a spouse or your significant other. There could be something going on in the relationship that needs to be discussed. Perhaps you need to have a difficult conversation with your children or even your parents. There may be some boundaries that's been crossed and you may need to bring those things into the light. In the last couple of episodes, I talked about boundaries and then I talked about vulnerability. And both of those episodes are really rooted and based on um, conversation and communication skills. You know, setting boundaries often requires difficult conversations where you have to let someone know that perhaps they are doing something that you don't want or like for them to do. And perhaps you are a bit fearful of having that conversation because you already know or at least expect that person to react in an adverse way. If you're like me you avoid drama. I try to keep drama to a minimum in my life because it just drains my energy like nothing else. And that could be a reason why some people tiptoe around a situation or a conversation that needs to be had. They don't want the drama. But fear not. I have a few very practical tips that you can try if you need to have a difficult conversation particularly about your experience with CSA. But before I get to that, I want to share with you my experience of a couple of difficult conversations that I've had to have. They were life-changing for me and the other person, but they were conversations that needed to be had. One of the most difficult conversations was telling my ex-husband that I wanted a separation. That was very difficult for me as well as for him. We had been working on our marriage for a few years, trying to get some things worked out, but we were not able to get on the same sheet of music. I knew the time had come to take that step, and so I did. Another conversation that I had to to have was when I first disclosed the sexual abuse that I had endured as a child. This was also a conversation with my ex husband. It was difficult for me because I had held on to that secret for over 30 years. And I was simply terrified to speak the words. I had no idea how he would respond or what he would think of me. And I was just fearful to say the words. But looking back, I am so thankful that I did. That was a changing point in my life, and that is where my healing truly began, with my voice as speaking the truth. Well, I spoke partial truth. I didn't tell the whole story, but I was able to get the words out, and he knew what had happened. And at that moment, that was all that mattered to me, was that I had spoken the words. Oftentimes, survivors of CSA have difficulty sharing their experiences out of fear of judgment or fear of rejection, just like me. There is such stigma and shame around the subject, and it's just not something that's talked about a lot. Sometimes survivors are not believed, or even worse, they're blamed for what happened to them, while other child survivors, after telling an adult, are still subjected to the perpetrator because they are often family members or close friends. And this often perpetuates the abuse because there are no repercussions for the offender. Any of these scenarios can be a detrimental blow to a a survivor's self-esteem and self-worth. So oftentimes survivors just keep quiet because they don't want to deal. They don't want to deal with the consequences that comes from the reactions of the people around them. In several upcoming episodes, I will be interviewing courageous women survivors of childhood sexual abuse, and they will be sharing their stories of abuse and how they felt and how they have been able to move forward and reconcile what has happened to them up to this point in their lives. They have some powerful stories of resilience. I invite you to stay tuned over the next several weeks because you will be blessed to hear their stories and to hear about their resilience. I also want to share with you a story of a survivor who, after many years of silence, shared her story with someone she felt safe with, someone she felt she could talk to and get support from. But indeed, that is not what happened. This survivor was very close with her auntie, and they were more like mother and daughter instead of auntie and niece. One day, they were having a phone conversation, and Auntie brought up a conversation or a situation related to another family member and how he had been accused of making his daughter watch pornography with him. The survivor indicated that she believed it to be true because he had sexually abused her as a child. Now that was very significant information that had just been dropped into the auntie's uh into her presence, and what I thought was very odd that the survivor as the survivor relayed her story to me is that the auntie didn't seem to be surprised at all. She didn't ask any questions about when it happened or didn't express any empathy such as. I'm sorry that you had to experience that or anything like that at all. It seemed a little odd that someone who you were so close with at some point would not have any empathy or provide any support or have any questions about the situation. In fact, the survivor indicated that the auntie suggested that she called the family member and asked him why did he do it. I must say, that is not very good advice to give a victim survivor who is just getting the courage to share their experience. And the conversation pretty much ended with the survivor indicating that she was not going to call him and ask him why did he do that. So many years later. Probably at least a good 15 years later, maybe, the survivor told another family member about what had happened with the abuse and what had happened when she told her auntie about what had taken place. This family member had no problems having difficult conversations. She had a conversation with the auntie, and with the family member perpetrator. She got to the bottom of the situation and provided the much-needed support to the survivor. The auntie's position was that the survivor was a grown and married woman when they had the initial conversation all those years ago, and she felt no responsibility in the matter. She actually had asked the survivor what did she expect her to do, was she correct for that position? Well, technically, she did not have any responsibility. But the point that I'm trying to make is that the survivor felt safe enough to share the CSA experience with her auntie and was looking for support, comfort, empathy, something to ease her burden. But she got none of that. And as a result, The survivor went back into her shell for another 15 or so years. I share this story with you because it's important to have support around you when you share your story of CSA. Now, the survivor thought she had good support when she shared, and she was not expecting the response that she got. And by not getting or having the proper support, When she disclosed the CSA, it shut her back down. So if you have to share your CSA experience with someone for the first time, or if you decide to confront the offender, it may be helpful to talk with a counselor first. Counselors are there to listen to you and to provide you with support and guidance as you need it. You can tell them anything without being judged and you can gain strength by telling your story to a counselor first. They can help you ease the anxiety of sharing your experience. When you get to the point of having a difficult conversation about CSA, you may react or respond in an unexpected way if this is new for you. So here again, working through some of this beforehand, Can make it a bit easier when you have the difficult conversations with other people. Hey, listen, we cannot control the response of another person. I have learned over the last several years that everyone is not equipped to deal with hard things. Some people are just not equipped, they don't know how to respond, they don't know how to react. And a lot of people would rather not be bothered, unfortunately. I think sometimes people respond in a way that gets them off the hook of doing anything. If they respond in a particular way, perhaps they're expected to do something. And oftentimes people just don't want to get involved with situations like this. And so they respond either negatively or not at all. So when it's time to have difficult conversations about your experience of CSA, consider these three things. Are you emotionally equipped to have the conversation at this time? If not, seek help and support before attempting the conversation. You want to have your emotions in check for the conversation. Is the other person emotionally equipped to have To receive the conversation. If not, consider if the conversation is necessary at that time. If you need to have it, have someone with you for moral and emotional support. Do not try to do it alone because you do not know what kind of response you will get. And last but not least, Know what it is you want to achieve with the conversation. But more importantly, know that you may not get what you want or need from the conversation. As I said earlier, we cannot control the response or the behavior of other people. And this is why it is is important to have support with you when you have these conversations. All right, esteemed ones, that is a wrap for this week. Difficult conversations are a part of life, whether related to CSA or not. Do what you can to be prepared for it when the time comes. It is hard for a majority of people to have these kinds of conversations. And it is equally as hard for a majority of people to receive the conversation or to receive it well. So the better prepared you are, the better off you will likely be. You do not have to do this alone. Know that releasing your voice is your superpower and your catalyst to healing. Get your power back and change your story. Until next time. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Broken to Blessed. Subscribe to the podcast and share it with all of your sister girlfriends. This podcast may be the catalyst to their healing journey. And remember, life can get better. You just have to do the work. God bless.